Welcome to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Your host, Leonard Birdsong, is a law professor, a former diplomat, and a former federal prosecutor who's here to inform and entertain you with a mix of humor, opinion, and information. Now, here's Leonard Birdsong. Yes, it is Leonard Birdsong here on Leonard Birdsong Radio. So happy to be back with you on Talk Zone. I'm broadcasting from the city beautiful. That's Orlando, Florida. I love to live here. And I love to talk to you on Talk Zone every Thursday between 1 and 2. As you know, my show is a unique blend, a unique blend of humor, opinion, storytelling, and information. We never provide you with fake news, but we will show you or talk about some things that will make you laugh out loud with my dumb criminal law stories. Today, of course, I'll be reading some of my dumb criminal law stories, as I always do. I also want to talk about the bombshell that happened this weekend about Donald Trump Jr. uh, meeting with the Russians and not telling about that. And uh, we'll talk about the lawyers they've all... Uh, I guess have asked to help out and we'll talk about, or at least, at least I'll give my opinion on whether Mr. Trump Jr. will be prosecuted for this. But all right, let's start the show with the fact that I did not finish talking about what I wanted to talk about last week. I told you that the parade magazine puts out every year a list of what various people earn to give you an idea of where you fall on the scale. We talked about some people last week who I won't go over in detail, but we learned that Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, made an ex, uh, uh, an estimated $64 million in 2016. He was the highest paid actor, according to the survey of what people earn. Melissa McCarthy, a comedian, is estimated to have made $33 million. And Cam Newton, the quarterback for the NFL Panthers, estimated $53 million last year. How did you, how did you line up? Well, here are some people who perhaps didn't make millions, but were people that you might want to know about. We have a fellow. No. We have a fellow by the name of Cliff Caulfield. He's 67 years old. He lives in Oceanside, California. What does he do? He works at Disneyland Resort in California, and he is a member of the transportation cast. That is, he's into parking cars. He makes $9,200 a year. Julie Decker from Alaska is a commercial fisherman. She made $100,000 last year. She says fishing families are the fabric of coastal Alaska. And then there's a young Shanika Richardson. She's 35. That's relatively young. She lives in Atlanta and is a radio personality. It's estimated she made $100,000 last year. She says she's the host of an afternoon drive show, best known for her entertaining news segment, quote, Word on the Streets, end quote, where I talk all things hip-hop, culture, and gossip. Finally, there is a lady by the name of Jody Davis. She's 57 and from Woodstock, Georgia. What does she do? She's a cuckoo clock designer. She made no money in 2016. She says, though, my vision is to reinvent 
<laughs> to reinvent cuckoo clocks with an American aesthetic. All of my savings are invested in the company, and all profits go into more inventory. Well, Jody Davis, I wish you luck. Maybe in 2017 you'll make a profit. Let's end with the person who is really no longer with us, but whose estate generates a lot of money. Elvis Presley, singer and songwriter, made an estimated $27 million in 2016. Elvis and his estate was still the king of rock and roll in 2016, selling more than 1 million albums throughout the year. So how do you stack up? How does your income stack up with some of these people? Perhaps not as much, perhaps more than some. It's interesting to find out this information. Leonard Birdsong Radio is here to bring you this kind of information, and I'm happy to do it. I hope it makes you think. Right now, let's pivot, and I want to talk about some of the dumb criminal law stories that I've been developing over the last couple of weeks for you. and. Uh, I hope you get a few laughs from these. You can always email me if you'd like to at lbirdsong22 at gmail.com and tell me how I'm doing. Or you can read my stories on my blog, www.birdsongslaw.com. Our first story today comes from Illinois. Headline, Impromptu Strip Shows for Inmates? Federal officials who operate a women's jail in Chicago say they can't stop improper, impromptu strip shows for the inmates. We learned that for many years, people have been going to the top of a parking garage and putting on shows for the women residents of the Metropolitan Correction Center who flick the lights to show their appreciation. A representative for the Bureau of Prisons says, quote, because it's private property, the Bureau of Prisons has no authority to remove people, end quote. An executive for the company that operates the garage says he doesn't know nothing about those free shows. <laughs> sure he doesn't. <laughs> All right. Kansas. Our next story comes from Kansas. Headline, A Change of Mind. A 71-year-old Kansas City man who said he was robbing a bank to go to jail in an effort to escape his wife has changed his mind about the going to jail part. At sentencing in mid-June mid of this year, Lawrence Ripple asked for mercy. He blamed post-heart surgery depression for the spouse dissing robbery that made headlines last September. He was eventually sentenced to six months of home confinement. I guess that can be bad if he doesn't like his wife. All right, it's not that funny. That's not that funny. All right, a story from New Jersey. The headline, he was well hydrated. A driver was arrested after he smashed into a mailbox and a fire hydrant in Parsippany, New Jersey. He then drove around with a hydrant stuck to his car. The motorist, Domingo Moreno, was arrested at a diner after police followed a trail of water from the accident scene to a nearby home where Moreno had allegedly thrown the hydrant into the trash. Mm -mm -mm. He was well 
hydrated, said the headline. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's funny. Well hydrated. Story from Ohio. Line. A boost to Uber and Lyft. A judge known for handing down unusual sentences is requiring convicted drunken drivers to download Uber and Lyft apps as a part or condition of their probation. Municipal Judge Michael Ciconetti in Painesville, Ohio, said ride-hailing apps are a perfect fit. Perfect fit. There's nothing crazy about it, said the judge. It's just common sense. I think he's right. California, the next story comes from California. The headline of this one, she had time for a chaser. Assault suspect Christina Ohanian, 25, led L.A. police on a wild chase through a, the San Fernando Valley one early June morning this year, say police. When Ohanian finally crashed her allegedly stolen car, she popped her head out of the open sunroof and calmly lit a cigarette to unwind, that is to unwind, before being arrested. Yes, she had time for a chaser. <laughs> the, the next story comes from Nevada. The headline read, Her Career Has Been Rocked. Las Vegas judge Heidi Almas lost her seat in an election in June after she faked an endorsement from Dwayne The Rock Johnson and criticized her opponent for being married to a criminal defense lawyer. Al Mace sent a post-election mailer reading, quote, For disappointing those attorneys in the public, you have my personal apology. Yes, her career has been rocked by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who did not endorse her. Here's a funny one from Texas. It's so funny these real things, these happen in real life. It's happened to me when I was a prosecutor. But the story from Texas, the headline says, Hidden Where the Sun Don't Shine. A woman who made headlines in 2015 for allegedly hiding a loaded gun where the sun don't shine, that's in quotes, was sentenced this past week of June to probation for drug possession. Her name, Ashley Castanite. Ashley Castaneda, I'm sorry, she's 33 years old, and denied heading or hiding the gun in her vagina. However, a police matron said she found it there and removed it after her arrest. Well, now, that, that, that sounds funny. Okay, you can stop laughing. It sounds funny, but this happened to me when I was a prosecutor in papering when a police officer brought in a female drug suspect, and I okayed the case to go forward. She was taken down to the lockup. A few minutes later, a police matron came up and said, as she walked away from the suspect in her cell, she heard a loud clank, and she ran back to the cell to find that the suspect had a twenty-five caliber small revolver hidden in her vagina and it clanked when she in the metal toilet when she dropped it so hidden where the sun don't shine is usually found out another story from texas 
a diehard fan? A Texas football fan begged a judge for permission to wear his Dallas Cowboys jersey to his double murder trial. Thomas Randolph, 62, was accused of killing his sixth wife and a hitman and would like to wear a Tony Romo jersey to court, saying he simply loves the team. Of course, he declined comment on whether the sports gear might sway the jury in his favor, according to the police report. No, I don't think the judge would let him wear a Dallas Cowboys jersey, particularly a Tony Romo jersey, to trial. Oregon. Headline. Nope, not the bars they wanted. Police in Bend, Oregon, arrested two 17-year-olds earlier this year for allegedly selling fake gold bars, officials said. The boys made more than $30,000 from the fraudulent Craigslist sales. And yes, they are now, now behind jail bars. How about that? Pennsylvania. Headline. An open-air getaway? Maybe. Police are on the lookout for a thief who escaped on the hood of his getaway car. Philadelphia police say Joseph Dipperson, 36, stole power tools from a Home Depot in May of this year and then punched an off-duty police officer who tried to stop him in the parking lot. Dipperson then fled on top of a car driven by an accomplice. Police report. No arrest has been made. All right, coming to the end here, a couple more stories. Utah, headline, some days you bite the bear and some days the bear bites you. That's the headline. Story, a highway patrolman pulled over a man in 2017 on Interstate 80 with overly tinted windows and found the man was carrying 200 pounds of marijuana, according to authorities. The suspect, 67 years old, turned out to be a retired Atlanta police detective who allegedly told authorities, quote, sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Today wasn't my day. I lost. Amen. All right. West Virginia. It was the easiest arrest ever, said the headline. Stacy Foster, 39, recently charged with burglar and destruction of property after allegedly breaking into a house in Winfield, West Virginia, and then falling asleep in the homeowner's bed, was arrested. Police said it was the easiest rest arrest ever. All right, folks, those are the dumb criminal law, dumb criminal law stories for this week. There's much more on Leonard Birdsong Radio today. Stick with us. We have more to come. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited, nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. 
If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash Birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. Although he's been involved in serious criminal law work over the years as a prosecutor, a defense attorney, and a law professor, Leonard Birdsong knows that it's good to stay grounded. That means not always taking criminal law so seriously and instead just having a good laugh at some dumb criminals and their dumber crimes. Several years ago, he began to collect and compile weird and funny criminal law stories. He shares some of them weekly on his TalkZone Internet radio program. And now you can read more of them yourself in one of his 14 humor books. He has two book series, Professor Birdsong's Dumbest Criminal Law Stories and Professor Birdsong's Weird Criminal Law Stories. They're available for purchase in either paperback or Kindle edition by going to the author link on the homepage at leonardbirdsong.com. Leonard knows that you'll get a few good laughs or at least a few chuckles from his collections of dumb and weird criminal law stories. Check them out for yourself by going to the author link at leonardbirdsong.com. Welcome back to Leonard Birdsong Radio on TalkZone.com. Yes, this is Leonard Birdsong back with you to talk about some things in the news. This past weekend, I had a speaking engagement in Jacksonville, Florida. That's about 120 miles north of Orlando, where I live. I spoke to the what are known as the Northeast Sisters in Crime Writing Group and uh, did a presentation about some things writers need to know about what goes on in court. I did not read any news or listen to any news during that weekend because uh, my wife and I made a nice little weekend of it, both Saturday and Sunday. But when I came back here to Orlando, I learned that the White House, and this was on Monday, was forced to shift from denying contact between the Trump campaign and Russia to defending a meeting that President Trump's eldest son had in the midst of the presidential race last year with a Russian lawyer purportedly offering damaging information about Hillary Clinton. I'm sure all of you have heard about it. The White House, of course, sought to play down the significance of that encounter, even as new details emerged, indicating that it had been arranged at the behest of a Russian family that has ties to the Kremlin and a history of pursuing business deals with President Trump. The controversy did deepen Monday with a report that Donald Trump Jr. had been informed via email that the information on Clinton was part of a Russian government plan to help his father's campaign. The New York Times, which broke the story, cited three unnamed people who had seen the email. This was a write-up that came out of the Washington Post on that Monday. The revelations put the Trump administration on the defensive about their relationship with Moscow, and they seem to add to a pattern of not disclosing criminal, Kremlin rather contacts or providing false information about them. The latest information sent centers, of course, on Donald Trump Jr., whose concession this week that he took part in a June 9, 2016 meeting contradicted statements he had made in recent months 
and it comes as an investigation in Congress and the special counsel office of Robert Mueller is still investigating. Now, basically, there are a bunch of emails between Donald Trump Jr. and uh, a fellow by the name of Rob Goldstone, who is a music and talent director, and uh, there are a bunch of emails. They were published. I have the emails here. I've read them. One of the first one talks about, um, well, basically, let me make sure you know about the players. The emails from June 2016 are between Donald Trump Jr. and a fellow by the name of Rob Goldstone, a British-born former tabloid reporter and entertainer, entertainment publicist. Mr. Goldstone told Donald J. Trump Jr. he was writing on behalf of a mutual friend, one of Russia's highest pop music stars, Iman Agalerov. The emails were posted. Here's one, the very first one that's sent on June 3rd, 2016 by Goldstone. It says, good morning. Eman, that's the pop singer, just called to ask me to contact you with something very interesting. The Crown Prosecutor of Russia met with his father, Aris, this morning and said they, the meeting offered, or in their meeting, offered to provide the Trump campaign with some official documents and information that would incriminate Hillary Clinton and her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. This is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but is part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump helping along or helped along by Eris and Eman. What do you think is the best way to handle this information, and would you be able to speak to Eman about it directly? I can also send this information to your father via Rona. Rona, Rona is an assistant to Donald Trump, but it's ultra-sensitive, so wanted to send it to you first. On June 3rd, later that day, Donald Trump Jr. wrote an email back to Goldstone, says, Thanks, Rob. I appreciate that. I'm on the road at the moment, but perhaps I just speak to Eamon first. Seems we have some time, and if it's what you say, I love it, especially later in the summer. Could we do a call first thing this week when I'm back? Well, that was the email that indicated that maybe Donald Trump was colluding with the Russians. Now, the Donald Trump Jr. said in an interview earlier this year that he had not participated in any set-up meetings with Russian individuals, but after learning that the Times, that is the New York Times, planned to publish an article about his meeting with the Russian lawyer who came over, her name is um, Veselnitskaya, Veselnitskaya, Trump provided evolving explanations for what he had been discussed in this meeting. However, he first said the talk centered on policies restricting the ability of U.S. families to adopt Russian children. Then on Sunday, he issued a statement acknowledging that the premise of the meeting was that Vessel Nitskaya claimed to have potentially damaging information about Clinton. Trump goes on to say that the lady failed to deliver and that it quickly became clear that she had no meaningful information, but his participation on those terms, as well as the advance of Kushner and then Trump campaign Paul Manafort coming to the meeting, 
amount to evidence that the campaign was willing to consider accepting help from Russian sources. On Monday, Donald Trump Jr. retained a lawyer. His name is Alan Futerfus. He is from New York and I think has been a f- uh, involved with criminal information or criminal matters in the past. Now, again, this information is known as bombshell information because for many months, Donald Trump, now the President of the United States, says he nor his campaign never did anything to uh, collude with the Russians in the in the campaign in 2016. Now, that seems to have been not true. And, of course, the Trump administration is back peddling. Now, again, I'm not sure as a former federal prosecutor, well, I know that this is a bad thing to do, but I don't know that Donald Trump Jr. is going to be prosecuted for this thing. There is a white-collar criminal law professor from George Washington University by the name of Randall Eliason. He has written that the news about Donald Trump's junior meeting with the Kremlin-connected Russian lawyer is a significant development in the investigation of possible collusion between the Trump campaign and Russian nationals. Of course, he goes on, and I agree with this, a single meeting by itself is not a crime. Much more remains to be learned, including what was actually said during this and other meetings and whether agreements were made. But prosecutors in the Office of Special Counsel Robert Mueller III are no doubt extremely interested in what happened that day in June 2016 at Trump Tower when Paul Manafort, Jared Kushner, and Donald Trump Jr. met with this Russian lawyer, her full name, Natalia Veselnitskaya. All right. Now, collusion is defined as a secret agreement, usually defined as a secret agreement to do something improper. In the criminal law world, we call that conspiracy. It's unlawful collusion. If unlawful collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russian nationals did take place, criminal conspiracy might be a likely charge. What is a conspiracy, folks? A conspiracy is a partnership in crime. The federal conspiracy statute, that is uh, 18 United States Code 371, prohibits conspiracies to defraud the United States, which includes conspiracies to impede the lawful function functions of the federal government, such as administering a presidential election. I know a lot about conspiracies having been a federal prosecutor. Conspiracy also prohibits agreements to commit other federal federal crimes. This could include an agreement to violate the laws against hacking into someone else's computer or to violate federal election laws. Of course, there have been meetings between Russians and uh, people from the Trump campaign now. We don't know what's going to happen. However, what will happen for sure is that Now that this information is out, Donald Trump Jr. will probably be subpoenaed by Robert Mueller and put in the grand jury and put under oath. I don't think that the prosecutor wants Donald Trump Jr. He's not working in the administration now, and he is the son of the president. But 
What investigators like is a small fish who can, they can turn to get bigger fish. And that's what I think is happening here. I would not like to be in Donald Trump Jr.'s shoes right now. Now, again, I don't know. It's hard to defend a conspiracy. The first line of defense is always to say, that's ridiculous. I'd never agree to meet with someone from Russia under these circumstances. Well, that line of defense appears to be gone. Members of the Trump campaign didn't call the FBI to report a Russian national's offer to dish dirt about a former U.S. Secretary of State. They took the meeting. This could be a violative of the law. This could be a conspiracy. But I'm going to come back and talk a little bit more about this. It's my opinion that right now uh, the feds don't want to really prosecute Donald Trump Jr. They want to get him under oath in the grand jury to tell him or tell them more about what other meetings there were between the Trump campaign and other people in Russia. Stay with me. This is Leonard Birdsong Radio. Be back with you soon. Consumer Debt Counselors is the company that will help you get out of debt. Consumer Debt Counselors is a licensed, accredited nonprofit agency that specializes in educating people about credit and debt and helping people resolve issues with debt, even student loan debt. There are so many federal regulations. Most people have more options than they realize, and Consumer Debt Counselors can uncover all of your eligible solutions, including lowering your payment or getting out of default. If you want a partner that will work with you to achieve financial success, talk to the team at Consumer Debt Counselors. They have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating, so these guys are the real deal. Your first consultation is free, and all sessions are kept confidential. Give them a call at 1-800-820-9232 or go to ConsumerDebtCounselors.org slash birdsong. The number again is 800-820-9232. 